Well, hello there. Welcome to the professional wellness session with Constance. I am your host, Constance Wallace, a professional wellness coach. I cannot wait to dive in and explore different ways we can make sure we are practicing professional wellness in our lives. As a reminder, the information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Go ahead and grab your favorite beverage and get comfy so that we can begin exploring professional wellness. Let's get started. Good afternoon, Mr. Christopher Mullins. How are you? Good and yourself? I am doing well, doing well on this Friday afternoon. So it's so good to see you. Good to see you too. (laughs) (laughs) Really good to see you. And I know you as a veteran, (laughs) but I know um, that you have started your own organization. So tell me more about the Freddie Mae Foundation. Well, so the Freddie Mae Foundation basically was started in 2017. And the reason I started this was because we wanted to help men who've been abused, battered, addicted to drugs and alcohol and their children. And I got this idea because when I was on deployment um, from 2016 to 2017, I realized that I knew the military wasn't going to be my end all to be all. I wasn't going to retire. I knew I wasn't going to do all of that. And I just, you know, asked the Lord, why did he bring me out 4,857 miles? in the middle of the desert for what purpose and he gave me the vision of starting my own organization and it's named after my grandmother my grandmother's name is freddie Mae farmer and so to honor her and her legacy i named it after her because she represents everything i want the organization to stand for love faith hope charity and giving of yourself a selfless service and if god willing she'll be 93 next february Wow, that is amazing. That's so beautiful that you were able to name an organization after her and she's able to be, to still be here to really see the fruits of her labor. Yes. Wow. Wow. And you said her birthday um, will be February. Right. And she'll be 93. (laughs) 93. Nice. That is wonderful. Wonderful. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, it sounds like this is this came to you during deployment and you're in the middle of, you know, the world <laughs> and realizing, wow, this is what I need to do. So tell me more about the foundation. What all do you do? So, well, we actually we have a project we're working on and I'll get to that in a second. But what okay. we normally do is on the first and third Saturdays, we go out and we provide um, clothing, toiletry items. Um, shoes, anything that you think a homeless individual may need, we provide it for them. Um, mm-hmm. But we actually been moving towards a mission because what happened was in uh, it's been uh, about two or three years now, we had a client named Mr. Willie Walker. He actually was found frozen to death on a doorstep stoop. And so we made it our mission to say, hey, we need to get our homeless men off the street. Nobody should die on the street frozen to death. And people Yes, he was a veteran. I know he may have had other opportunities and this and that. Some, you know, other things going on. But I think we realized that Augusta, Georgia has a huge homeless issue. 
and it's not just Augusta, it's other cities and states as well. But because this is my community, this is what I'm focused on right now. And, and I yes, realized yes. that, you know, we had gone through a, a pandemic of COVID-19 and all of this other stuff. But I realized that we are still going through a pandemic of homelessness. And I feel that we need to really start focusing in on our men and our children, because if we don't, a lot can be alleviated and a lot can be lost. And what I mean by alleviated, if we get our men you know, working with our children, mentoring, developing our children, how we used to protect in our communities. I believe a lot of this that's going on in our communities, the shootings, the killings, all of this will eventually eradicate even the illiteracy, getting our men on board, because a lot of this has been thrusted upon the woman and put on the woman's shoulders that we need to start looking at and say, hey, how can we get this back? How can we get our men back in the community how we should be making sure that our children are good? And we have a lot of men in the community who are actually that may be homeless or close to being homeless that are really, really good fathers, but they have had some issues. And a lot of times people look at that and say, oh, well, you're a man. You you can pull yourself up by your own bootstrap and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. we have not given been given the boot nor the strap to actually do that with. So, you know, I try not to use that as like an anecdote or anything to say, hey, this is what we're going to do because it's a lot of uh, issues with our men. We go through depression, we go through um, anxiety, we go through, you know, anger, all these different things. So with that being said, we actually are working on a project now to fund the Mullins house. And basically what the Mullins house is, is that we're going to um, have a three to four bedroom house so that we can start housing our men. And what we want to do is be able to take them through basically classes, um, help them go through job training, parenting classes, um, uh, counseling, these different things so that when our men finish our program, they have the tools that they need to be back in society. And we want to be able to make sure that we give them financial literacy and set them up with stable housing so that they don't have a recurrence of going back on the street. And they have the, the tools and everything that they can have to take care of their family. And lastly, I'm going to say this about the foundation because I know I can speak about this all day. <laughs> um, you're passionate about it, and that's what's important. I, I am. <laughs> um, just looking at it, if you have a man approach, man, woman, whatever type of relationship you're in, if I say, "Hey, I want to talk to Miss Constance," and I go to you and I say, "Hey, let's let's," I want to get to know you. You're going to look at me differently if I say, "Hey, I have a bachelor's, I have a master's, and a doctoral degree, and whatever," and you're going to say, "Oh, Chris got his stuff together." But if I come to you and say, "Hey, I'm homeless," you're going to be like. I ain't trying to uh, holler at no hobo or nothing like that. You know, it's just a different mindset. And I want people to understand that it really does take a different mindset to move this society forward. And we really have to come together to make some of this stuff happen because it's not all, it's not one person, one organization. It takes all of us to help move this, not just community in Augusta, but society in general forward. Yes, that's such a great point. It is, it's a collaborative effort. And with all of that that you're doing, which is so crucial and so important, that brings me to professional wellness. How are you making sure that you are well as you're doing this, as you are truly confronting homelessness and providing all these really great and needed resources? How are you making sure that you are maintaining your wellness and 
or has there been a time where um, during your professional career, during the military, where you've noticed, wait a minute, I'm not really well, and this is what I need to do to get to this point of being well again? Well, you know, I'm going to back this wagon train up um, and let everybody, all the <laughs> listeners know that we have had a relationship over these past, it's been all over a decade, I believe. Um, and I was actually one of your clients, you know, because I realized that it was something that I needed to go through because I wasn't feeling 100%. Mm-hmm. And I realized that during my tenure in the military, I went through some stuff and it has had some uh, other outcomes that has led to things that I can really say that it has um, perpetuated some stuff in the future. And what I mean by that is that I still have some of the remnants of what I've been through and, you know, still trying to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, you know, I now that I'm out of the military and have a a career, well, you know, doing the foundation and doing some other things, I realized that professional wellness and wellness in general is very important. Yes. Um, My story is, is that, you know, my father passed away in 2021 in November. Um, My uncle, I appreciate it. My uncle, his youngest brother passed away 10 months after he did from cancer. Then his Irish twin, my my, um, other uncle passed away June 9th. So it hasn't even been two years since my dad passed. We've had a a lot of losses. And so with that, I started looking at, and it made me reminisce on what we talked about in our counseling sessions back in in the day and it, and it made me realize that I still have a lot that I still need to unhash and I mm-hmm. still need to really go through um it made me feel as if I'm not completely there okay and I don't know if if that makes sense but when I say not completely there that I'm here in physical form but Mentally and emotionally, I haven't been there. I've been in a other plane where I have been either depressed, sad. Um, I've gone through anger, just mm-hmm. so much where I realized that I know I needed some help and I couldn't do this by myself. And it <laughs> and I know this may, you know, catch a lot of people off guard. And you may have a lot of listeners that are very religious, but I'm gonna go ahead and say this: religion is not the only way to get you through depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. You know, a lot of people had told me, oh, you know, take it to Jesus. Ooh. And I'm like, you, we have to be mindful of that. Don't get me wrong. I yes, love the yes. Lord. But I think that God put professionals here to help us with, you know, mental wellness for a purpose because we have a lot of individuals. Not, I mean, just speaking on the military that are going through so many emotions and cannot express them. Because while we're in uniform, it's always, mm-hmm. we've always had the the notion of, you know, you look weak if okay. you go to get help. You look like a softy if you go and say, oh, these are my emotions and my feelings. But what we fail to do and realize is that we're balling that up inside and that eats at us bit by bit. And I realized that that's what was going on with me. I had a lot of emotions. I had a lot of uh, thoughts that were in my head that I realized that were eating me up bit by bit and a lot of trauma that I did not handle in my my um younger years that has 
went over to my adulthood. So, you know, I don't look weak going to, you know, mental health saying, hey, I need help because I want to live my best life. Yes. And that is so key. And I'm glad you brought all of that to the forefront regarding being a veteran and being in the military um, when you're active duty and some of the concerns and some of the bias that can be there regarding reaching out for support and also religion and reaching out for support and how important it is that you utilize, you know, your personal faith, utilizing that, but also utilizing resources. I, I remember this was well over a decade ago, um, a well-known pastor, um, I was going to their church when I lived in the DC area and they talked on, a, this is a church that had three services back to back to back. And they mentioned it's being diagnosed with depression. And they said from the pulpit, it is okay to go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. And that just was so meaningful to hear this person who had such a following, such a such an important presence and to from the pulpit as a pastor to say, listen, I struggle with depression and I go see a therapist and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, I have a buddy, since you brought that up, I have a buddy. Um, she was working at the VA, and I'm gonna mention her name because she's uh she does a lot of work in in, in Augusta area. Her name is Natalie Bryan, but she's a, a licensed clinical social worker. She does a lot of therapy sessions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I was actually talking to her because I have some clients that you know go through some stuff, and I I constantly talk to her. I said, well, you know, how can I help my men in this situation? And recently, I just went some went through some stuff, and she said, you know, Chris, she said honestly men and especially black men go undiagnosed with either bipolarism schizophrenia mm -hmm. or something because we have that notion of oh no i'm 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 macho i'm tough mm -hmm. i can handle it on my own that we don't get diagnosed and get the proper help and mm -hmm. sometimes i wonder myself was i bipolar because i had so many emotions swirling around me mm -hmm. but it was just that i needed the help myself but i realized yes. that it is okay to go get help. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of pastors, a lot of people in the leadership positions, we go through a lot and we keep so much inside of us and people don't really realize what we're going through. I tell a lot of people all the time that I don't know if people can handle the pressures of being a CEO or president or a leader of an organization because of so many demands that are thrusted upon us. You know, when you start looking at your family life, are you having a work-life balance? Mm -hmm. When you start looking at, you know, your playtime, are you able to have that time where you can do self-care, where you can say, hey, I'm going to go get my manicure. I'm going to go get my pedicure. I'm going to go get my, you know, my braids done just right. You know, <laughs> all of these things are just being able to talk to somebody about your issues. And a lot of times what I've realized for myself is that I didn't make the time. And it's mm -hmm. so crazy because I always was taught that, we can make time for the things we want to make time for. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize and come upon this epiphany, shall I say, for myself is that if something were to happen to me, it's only one of Christopher Mullins. Yes. One. So you have to slow down and it's okay to tell people no. Mm -hmm. Hey, we have to reschedule this or, Hey, I got to schedule this out. or no, I cannot do this because there's so many demands, even from family, friends, loved ones, the people who we help, 
it's so many things that are thrusted upon us that we have to say, hey, I cannot do this now. Give me an hour, give me a day, give me the weekend and let me take care of me first. And some people, oh, 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 you know, they may not understand, but a lot of people, when I tell them that, oh, Chris, go ahead and do your thing. I understand. I apologize. Just let me know when you're ready. Because I think we've gotten to a point, luckily, in society where some people do care. Yes. And they realize that, hey, it's a lot that we have to deal with. And like I said, you're the you're the only one. You're the only Constance Wallace. I'm yes. the only Crystal Mullins. You know, we're the only ones. And if we die, you know, can can somebody else fulfill that mission you're supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think about that every time. If that's and and you are listen, you are preaching a sermon today. <laughs> <laughs> you are preaching a sermon because it is so crucial that you set healthy and firm boundaries. boundaries. That's it. Because when you are um, as a an outgoing person, as someone who is, you know, you see the vision, you have you have this great vision of this issue that needs to be addressed, but you also have life outside of that. You have, you know, the loss of your father, the loss of uncle, the loss of another uncle. You have all of those things happening. And that is why I really wanted to focus on professional wellness because we can get caught up and lost in what we're doing professionally, career-wise, all of that, but not making sure that we are taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so you have to give yourself that time, that space to, especially with grief. Um, I lost my mother a few months ago. I lost my father. Thank you. I lost my father six and a half years ago. And I realized after losing my father in the way in which I did not maintain wellness overall, I learned from that to start practicing and implementing healthier strategies to practice wellness while also being a professional with the loss of my mother. It's so important because you're going to have those ebbs and flows. And it's important that you listen to yourself and you remind yourself, it's one of me. It's one of me. And it's okay for me to say no. It's okay for me to give myself the space and the grace to be okay. What have you found to be helpful outside? In addition to boundaries, what do you find to be helpful to kind of get you back on track when you feel like, wait a minute, my mental well-being isn't where I want to be, my emotional wellness, all of that is not where I want it to be exactly. Well, first of all, what are the indicators for you where you know, wait a minute, something's not okay. And what are the things that you're doing to address your address that wellness when it's not where it should be? Ooh, nah, I'm not going to get emotional when I talk about some of this stuff because it's, you know, and it's crazy that you say this. It was well, more ironic that you say this because we have been talking about in my therapy sessions, um, safe spaces. Okay. And my safe spaces are, you know, music. Um, I do love the arts. Like I'm a person of the arts. When I was knee high to a grasshopper, as people like to say in the South, I was always doing something. I was always uh, in music, marching band, doing something, something artistic. And mm-hmm. I always realized even more so now that's something that soothes me. Um, so what I do 
besides my therapy sessions, I go to the VA for therapy. And we actually, I do therapy. I do um, music therapy and I do art therapy. And I realized that those combined really give me a sense of, I don't want to say purpose, but it's like a calm. And it makes me understand mm -hmm. that one, I think when I started looking at a lot of stuff, because I mean, I ran for Board of Education, the foundation, I was doing, you know, um, I was the president of the library board here in Augusta. I mean, I was just doing so wow. much. I was school bus driver. I was working on my master's after I got out the military. I received that. And I mean, I was doing all of these things. And I started realizing that my identity was being lost. Mm. And I had to find out who I was because yes. the foundation is not just who I am. Yes. Being a former board president of the library system was not who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, running for board of education was not who I am. Um, being a school bus driver was not who I am. Those are parts of me mm -hmm. that I realized that make me up, but it wasn't a part of me. And once I yes. started realizing that and started realizing the emotional factors, because when I started talking to my therapist, she was like, one indicator that, and it's funny now that I'm thinking about it, she said, Chris, you know what you start doing? When you start to get emotional, you hit a subject and you go to something else. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I thought about it and she told me she, and I started indicating and I saw indications of this. When I talked about certain things, I never like mentioned my father's name. Uh, some people that had passed on, my uncles are other people that I was speaking of. I never mentioned their names, but as I started going through the sessions, I guess because I started realizing, you know, these individuals aren't coming back. I was mm -hmm. able to clearly speak their names. And she was like, that's because you're letting your guard and your emotions come to a place where you're now meeting yourself where you are. You're starting to figure out who you are. Um, even it got to the point where everybody knows I'm the funny guy. I'm the person that, you know, people always say they feel my presence in the room. Mm -hmm. Whatever. <laughs> but I started realizing that when I started going through or when I do go through, I get a little reserved. I start okay. backing up. Um, I get quiet. I don't become the funny guy anymore. I become the guy like, yeah, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Today's not the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, recently, I was working somewhere. I'm not going to call the company name. Um, I was working somewhere, and I got to the point where I was getting ready to fight one of my, my store manager because mm -hmm. I was one of the managers. And when that happened, I almost blacked out. Okay. And I realized, oh my gosh, I need to go seek help. Because mm -hmm. during that time frame, a friend of mine passed away. My dad passed. Everything was happening like almost in succession, like back yeah. to back to back to back. And I started again, like I said, I noticed I wasn't being the fun guy, mm -hmm. the friendly person. I was getting a little, I was being a little crass. Um, I was also to the point where, hey, X, Y, Z, I was being very short, you know, and it got also what I realized, some things that were said, normally I can kind of brush stuff off or say how I feel, but I got to the point where it was really irritating me and I let a lot of that energy, that emotion build up that was being thrown at me. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that the store manager said tipped the scale. 
And that's when I realized, hey, yeah. you need to go get help because if I don't, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be in somebody's jail. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, yeah. you know, with my, hugging myself, you know, because I knew that I was getting to that point. Mm -hmm. And I told myself I never want to get to that emotional state again um, because that's not a great place to be. Mm -hmm. Not a great place to be. Yeah. And it's good that you were able to recognize it within yourself. You knew what those indicators were. Okay, this, once I experience this feeling and I want to respond in this way, this is this is it and what's helpful for me is to go talk to someone get that support that clinical support and art therapy music therapy talk therapy helping me really get back to that point of that place of wellness and not just avoiding the hard things but really addressing them and i'm glad that you're you're just sharing all this because it's important as a black man to talk about it. July is National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So mm -hmm. definitely glad that you're sharing this and the fact that you're a black man who is getting help. You're getting therapy and there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, I, I totally agree. And I think that what we lost in society is the emotional intelligence aspect. Mm -hmm. We look at a lot, our children look at a lot, and we say, oh, you know, it's almost like playing a video game. Oh, if I die, I'll spawn back. Or if I get injured, all I have to do is take this elixir, and it'll fix whatever's going on. And I think we, we've lost that emotional intelligence to yeah. the point where we ourselves have, we go through the motions, and we don't recognize within ourselves how hurt we are until we hurt other people. And I always tell a lot of my clients, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I even, that's, and that's mm -hmm. speaking to myself, being a hurt individual, I've hurt other people. Mm -hmm. Not intentionally, mm -hmm. but because I was in that, that vulnerability, uh, vulnerability state where I was just realizing I'm hurt. Yeah. Let me hurt other folks, not knowing that I was hurt people because of things that I said or things that I did or even just things that I didn't do. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, because I, I at that time, the emotional intelligence mm -hmm. was gone. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just wish that we would really sit down sometimes with ourselves and others and explain the real deal with what's going on. Because I think that once we start really invoking emotional intelligence back into society into relationships into any type of ship yeah that we'll start realizing hey this person is not okay you know mm -hmm. i even remember in the military we used to have to carry our ace card i i thought i had it on me but we used to have an ace card you know ask care escort you know hey okay. are you okay see um karen hey you good do i do you need anything what can i do e escort if i need to escort you somewhere hey where do you want to go hey do i need to call somebody hey do i need to call miss constance and say hey miss constance i think we need an emergency therapy session because mm -hmm. this individual is on the brink of tipping over the scale and i think again we've mm -hmm. just lost that in society yes and and this is as a as you were mentioning about what you were experiencing at this former job when you are aware 
um, uh, when you have that emotional intelligence, that makes you a better professional. It makes you a better boss. It makes you a better business owner because mm-hmm. you are in tune with your emotions. You're right. in, you are in tune to, okay, wait a minute. If I'm feeling this and my intuition is to do this or to speak to someone in this manner, which is disrespectful, then, Ooh, I need to pull it back in. Because I'm able to think it through and realize that's not how I need to show up as a professional and as a person. And, you know, even I was asked at my former job to actually do some things that I wasn't in agreement with. And I'm like, that's not how you handle things. You know, as a former non-commissioned officer, I've always, it's always embedded in me to take care of your soldiers. If you take care of your soldiers, your soldiers will take care of you. And I realize that wherever I go, whatever job, position I hold, whatever leadership role, I always make sure I maintain that mindset of taking care of people because you have to be able to pour in somebody. However, the caveat to that is you can't pour into somebody else when you're empty. Yes, that is very true. And so that is another thing about making sure that if you're empty, and it's been times where I have been empty. Again, that goes back to saying, hey, that's too much for me right now. I cannot do this because mm-hmm. the more you take on as an empty individual, you will collapse or implode. Mm-hmm. And that will cause you to be disrespectful, to not care about others. You know, and I'm the type of person that I'm always empathetic and apathetic and sympathetic to somebody's needs, to, you know, to a certain degree to make sure that, hey, if you're if you're not okay, you're not going to be 100% at work if you're not 100% mm-hmm. in your home life. Exactly. And if I need to make sure I can get you even to 80, 90% home life is okay or whatnot, you could be okay 80, 90% at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. We could talk about this all day <laughs> long. We have to do this again because you brought up so many great points. And I definitely feel as though the Augusta community is in great hands with you, with your initiative, with your foundation, with, I mean, just the way in which you're seeing the big picture. It's not looking at someone and saying, oh, wow, and keep moving you are actually doing something and you're also taking care of yourself. And I mean, that is so important. And your grandmother, I'm glad, I am glad that she has you as a grandson because you are doing her proud. I appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you so much for engaging in this very, very important and very, very needed conversation just really making sure that you are overall well, not being afraid to seek therapy, not being afraid to do different forms of therapy, whereas you know what, I'm going to engage in art therapy and just really being able to call yourself out because we do live in a society where it's easy to call other people out, not as easy to call yourself out. And so you're calling yourself out and checking yourself when needed and making sure you get that support so that you can continue to serve the Augusta community in the way in which you know you need to. I appreciate it. And the last thing I'm going to say is that one thing that technique that I learned too, that is, is, is very beneficial for me is in music therapy, 
I was thinking we were going to do, you know, just listen to music or whatnot. But we actually, what was recommended to me by my therapist um, and my music therapist is to be able to write down how you feel. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you I have a green book thick full of stuff and I'm still writing stuff down and we're turning that into music wow. that I'm singing to and being able to, you know, put my thoughts, my innermost feelings and innermost emotions on paper to be mm -hmm. able to put it to music. And I think that writing is essential for even letting some of your feelings come out. And so if people wow. have, you know, don't have the best communication skills yes. uh, being able to speak to somebody saying hey you know I feel this way even if you write down how you feel and it, may, it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have mm -hmm. to you know we're not in English ENC <laughs> 101 or 1101 just writing down your emotions can really take a lot of the edge off yes of music is healing on. music can be so healing and that, I'm glad that that is a part of your therapy music therapy yeah, and before we go, how can individuals help your foundation? Where should they go and what can they do to help you during this initiative? Well, with this initiative, we are trying to raise $25,000 to actually clear the land. Um, if anybody wants to help, you can call me 904-749-8774 to get in contact with me. Or my vice president, which her number is 706-945-6150. Or you can go on freddiemay.org, F-R-E-D-D-M-A-E, foundation.org, and reach us there as well. Or you can hit me up on freddie.may.foundation at gmail.com to reach me as well. All right. Well, all of that will be listed for all the different ways that individuals can get in touch and they can help with the Freddie Mae Foundation. So thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for engaging in this conversation and everything you're doing for the community. No, thank you. And if y'all need a therapist, <laughs> is the one, whichever way you are on the screen. <laughs> all right. Good seeing you. Good seeing you too. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey to professional wellness by listening to the professional wellness session with Constance podcast. Are you following me on Instagram yet? If not, make sure you follow professional wellness session and you can also find out more information about the private practice, which is positive outlook group about the podcast and about professional wellness coaching by going to my website, www www.positiveoutlookllc.com. I hope you have a wonderful day and continue being well. See you next time.